Coach's Corner Chats would like to thank Fearless and Capable for supporting the podcast. Visit fearlessandcapable.com. Hey, this is Kieran, Coach's Corner Chats, and on the chat today, I have EJ Tillinger. EJ, where are you at and what are you up to? I'm at uh, Choctaw High School out here in Oklahoma, and, um, you know, I coach uh, football and basketball. Right now, it's kind of the off-season period for both, so, you know, just working kids out and helping them get better here in the off-season period. If you had to pick one or the other, do you have a favorite of the two? Oh, man. Kids ask me this question all the time. Uh, you know, growing up, I was a huge basketball kid, just like every other kid. It's a little bit easier sport to play. You know, you can pick up a ball, find a hoop. So growing up, I was probably a basketball guy. But nowadays, you know, I might be leaning a little more towards football. Did you, as a kid, ever see yourself becoming a coach? No, I didn't. I really honestly like kind of fell into this like profession by accident. Um, I wanted to be a personal trainer uh, in college, early in college. And then, you know, I kind of wanted to be a, a therapist, like a, a, you know, sports, a sports guy. And then, you know, just going from one college, I went to JUCO my first two years and then transferred to a four year. And then, you know, I kind of just stumbled upon like, the uh my person that was helping me out was just like hey like all your classes fit like you know you could be a teacher and a coach if you want to and I kind of pondered on it for a couple of days and you know that's just I was like hey let's try it out like that sounds awesome what was what was your first coaching experience my first coaching experience um you know like growing up you always like help run kids camps and things like that but honestly like I was just kind of like feet first like my very first job, my first year, my first job, my first year teaching was at Hera, uh, Oklahoma, Hera High School. And, and that's kind of just when I got my feet wet and they just threw me to the kind of to the wolves and I got after it. What were you what were you coaching on that first opportunity? So honestly, I, I they they did the head basketball coach there is Chad Rochelle, you know, big shout out to him. Um, he had a full staff when I got there. So they were like, you know, we really don't have a basketball position open, but as somebody who's coming into the teaching profession, you know, kind of wanted a, you know, a job. So I was just like, hey, you know, I'll do football and then um, whatever else I need to. And then my second year there, Chad was like, hey, I, I heard you're a basketball guy. Um, you know, some people on my staff have left. You know, you want to hop on? And I was like, of course I do. And so he kind of threw me my first bone and, and getting into basketball. And I've been very appreciative ever since. And I've just been rocking and rolling. I was going to say, how how impactful, what were some of the things that you picked up from him, not only getting the opportunity, but what were some of the things that you enjoyed about him that you said, I want to kind of incorporate those into programs that I get to continue to work on in the future? Um, he, he was just a very, you know, um, what some people call like a, a player's coach. You know, he he really built on relationships. He He really enjoyed his players. He loved the kids, you know. He was a guy that, you know, listened to him and, and did things like that. So that was kind of, you know, the first thing I picked up on because getting coached by some coaches, you know, it's, it's their way or the highway. And it's like sometimes that's not the best route. So he was kind of the first coach to be like, hey, like, let's listen to the kids. Like, you know, they know the, some of the better things. Like I learned from them. They learned from me. I'm the coach. This is my team. But at the same time, like, you know, we have to have a good relationship. So that was kind of the first thing I learned from him. And it was pretty awesome. And how long were you on his staff for? I was on his staff I, for one year, and then that's when I came out to Choctaw. And then what, what caused the move to Choctaw? 
Um, so that's a funny story. So, you know, I am Choctaw fired their uh, head football coach. And so, you know, I was kind of in that transition period of like, you know, do I want to stick around and, and see who they hire and see if I like them or, you know, I've kind of made a little bit of a name for myself in this profession that I, you know, I could go out and, and kind of get a job and find a coach that I like to work under. And so I was working out at the local gym up here in Choctaw and Jake Corbin, who's the head uh, football coach at Choctaw High School, also the assistant athletic director, you know, it was like, who is this guy working out? And he actually came to a basketball game, a hair basketball game. And it was like, hey, you know, started asking some people about me. And he kind of, you know, recruited me and was like, hey, I want you on my staff here. And which was very weird to me because it's like, usually that's not how it happens. Usually you have to apply for a job and, and you know, you have to go through that whole process. And he was like, no, like, I, I want you on my staff. Like you, you come here and, and we'll make everything happen. And so that's kind of how I got transitioned out here to Choctaw. What do you think it was about what he saw in you that made him make that? That's a pretty big kind of leap. Like you said, it's kind of backwards, but is a huge like a props to you. What do you think it was about your, maybe your energy or personality on the sidelines? What, what do you think it was? Uh, you know, I don't know. Like I've asked him a couple of times and he was just like, Hey, like I'm a good character eater. Like I can tell, you know, kind of what people are about. He was like, you were also in the gym. I, I seen you with some of the, some of your football boys and basketball boys working out. And he was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a early bird. You know, I get up into the gym about 4.30 a.m. And he was like, if you can convince those high school kids to get up there at 4.30 and work out with you, like, you got to be a good coach. Because, I mean, kids aren't just doing that because they want to. Just hearing 4.30 and then you talking about wanting to go into a profession that kind of dealt with maybe personal training or staying, is being healthy, where did this come about? Was that something as a youth? Were your parents kind of health, kind of uh, like um, knowledgeable or wh- where did EJ become this like specimen of health? Um, honestly, I don't know. Like the, my parents weren't really, you know, they were just kind of like your average parents, you know, like wake up, go, get a, go to the job, come home, eat dinner, like, you know, kind of your basic, just average Joes. Um, so playing football growing up, you know, played through high school. Uh, I ended up getting a college scholarship, going out there, deciding I just really didn't, you know, being a college athlete probably wasn't for me, but, uh, you know, 306 pounds at the time, you know, an offensive line guy. And I was kind of like, Hey, like, there's no reason for me to be walking around here at 300 pounds. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a massive guy. Like, let's, let's see what we can do. And then I kind of just fell in love with the process of like working out, seeing your body change, um, started dealing into health and things like that. So it's like, that's kind of how the route I, I got to where I'm at. So at some point you were 300 pounds. Yeah, I believe my when I when I quit football I was like three oh six to be exact. How tall are you? I'm about six three. Okay, wow, that's a and so now what do you kind of walk around at six three and? I'm about six three, like two seventy, two sixty five, depending on like the day and how I eat. <laughs> so you're solid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a big dude, you know. And dude. and when did the when did the process of like getting up at four thirty and becoming because that is a that's got to, you got to be disciplined to get up consistently like that. Um, at what point did that, your mindset kind of shift toward doing stuff like that? Um, you know, at first it was, you know, just like, you know, you get done with your day as far as like, you know, you, you, you teach kids, you coach kids, you know, you take kids home, you know, some days you get home, it's, it's six, seven, eight, nine, ten. you know, if you have a game and you travel, it could be midnight and it's like, there's no way I'm getting a workout in after this. So it kind of became just like, well, let's do it before 
and then like you said at some point you know your your body kind of your mind kind of takes over of like okay like we got to make this you know this kind of turns into your personality it kind of turns into like you know you you become more of a just a person that gets things done so it's like I kind of developed that by accident you know there was no really like rhyme or reason on that I didn't wake up one day and it was like hey, let's just choose 4.30, but it kind of happened. And then now it's like, I can't do without it. It's like every day my alarm clock set, like I get up, I work out, ask anybody who knows me, like I, I don't miss a day. How important, you talked about some of the, the your players joining you. How big of an impact do you think that makes for you? And how does that help not only them, but how does that help you in terms of in the future, like coaching them? Oh, it's awesome. Cause it's like, you know, you, you make relations with those kids you know, and then for me, it's like, you know, I'll start with myself, you know, kind of personal, like, you know, for me, it's like, hey, you have a buddy in there to help you spot, help you do things like that. But then on the flip side for them, you know, it kind of teaches us of like, you know, the, the who always did it with me was Jeff Robertson, who's at Oklahoma State right now on a football scholarship, and Donnie Wingate, who's at Oklahoma State right now on a football scholarship. So those are like kind of the first two guys who kind of do it with me and like, I think, you know, I don't want to speak for them, but it kind of instilled in them of like, okay, these are the, they were already hard workers, but they kind of understood like, okay, these are the things you got to do. Like, you know, if I want to be successful, like I got to do this. There is no, like, I, you know, I might get to, you know, I can if I want to, but they kind of instilled that, uh, like, I have to do this. And they're, they're weight room warriors. Those guys are massive, you know, they're college football players. And, you know, hopefully that we get to see them on TV this year. The cool thing too, is you talked about the basketball coach being very player centered. And then this is just an example of how you've kind of taken it to fit what you're really, you enjoy working out and then being able to connect with the players. You talked about the basketball coach. What is something about the football coach that you've enjoyed and taken away from him that may be a little bit different than what the hoops coach does? Yeah. So the hoops coach, you know, it's fun. And I love it. And, you know, you kind of relate to the kids on the same level, but, you know, football is, you know, just a little bit more of a, you know, intense sport, right. And, you know, you know, emotions maybe get a little bit higher in football than they do basketball just because it's a little bit more physical. So I feel like, you know, it, you relate to kids just a little bit more deeper in football. And that, that may be the reason why, you know, I've kind of became a football guy is because like, you know, when you're willing to go to war with these guys and kids know I'm willing to go to war with them and, you know, you're, you're out there you know, 100 degree summer days, it's a million degrees outside, you're sweating. And then here in Oklahoma, by the end of the season, it's negative something and you're out there and you're both just grinding. The kids know you're miserable. You know, I know the kids are miserable, but it's like, hey, we got to do this if we want to be great. So you kind of build that deeper relationship of they like, you know, I know my coach has my back and, you know, he has to go through what I have to go through. And it's like, you know, you really develop like lifelong friendships and relationships with those guys. I was going to say, it's got to be cool to be with them, like you said, because it, it starts – when does football start in the, in, in the summer? How long is that? Uh, you know, like for, it, for us here in Oklahoma, it starts about midway through May. So about May 14th, 15th, spring football start. So you go through spring football, and that will last about till you know, the end of May, May 25th, 26th, 27th, depending on where. And then summer workouts usually start the first week of June. So you're going from basically early May all the way, you know, the state championships the first week of December. What does May, what does spring ball look like? What does that encompass? So spring ball, usually, like, I'll just use for us example, is, is about you go through about a week of practice. 
Um, so spring ball can start, you know, officially once, you know, the state track meet is ended for your class. So we're 6A small here in Oklahoma. So as soon as the 6A track meet's over, you can start spring practice. So for a week, we just go through practice. And, you know, spring is like finding out where kids can, what position they can play, you know, putting them in the right spot, maybe installing a little defense just to, you know, be good. Uh, when you have your team camp, which would be the second, the second to last week of May or the last week of May almost. And then, you know, you invite kids, you invite uh, teams or you go to a camp and, you know, you kind of have like sort of a football scrimmage. And then it's just get after it all summer long. So your fo- your football will slow down as far as like, you know, OSSA, you know, our, our, our uh, organization that oversees sports here, you can't have do football specific um activities but you can you know we do all, like lifting in the morning so we'll work out we'll go out and run we'll go out and do you know agility drills and drills you know we'll, we'll we'll lift and do things like that pretty much through all of may and what does the how does the teaching side of things work in, into that puzzle of coaching um so you know as far as like a schedule goes um you know we start here about 7.20 a.m., that's when teachers report, and the first part's about 7.50. Um, we're a block schedule school, so we get a 90-minute class period, so a little bit similar to, like, college more than it is high school, and some high schools are only 45 minutes. So we get 90-minute periods. You know, you know, the school has four periods, so I'll teach, you know, first, second period. You know, you'll have a playing period somewhere in there, and then your fourth football or basketball or whatever sport you're in, if you're, or, you know, if you're in any other organization, your fourth period will be that. And that usually starts around 1230. What's, what's some of the positives of being in the building? Oh, the positives. Yeah. So it's like, you just get to relate, which is kind of like, you know, to me, the funnest thing about coaching. So it's like, even in the basketball, it's like, you get to see your kids throughout the hallway. You get to say what's up to them. You know, you get to learn their personal lives if they're in your class. Um, you get to teach them. They get to see you do something other than coach football or basketball, coach a sport. So to me, you know, teaching is is awesome because it's like you get to relate on a whole another level to the kids, and, and that's kind of that's the only reason. I mean, I won't say the only, but ninety percent of the reason why teaching coaches like I like to build relationships. I like to have fun with the kids. I like to learn who the kids are. I like to make friendships with the kids. And um, I feel like that also makes you a better coach because now they know they can relate to you. You know, this isn't just some coach yelling at me. This is a guy that I know cares for me. You know, he he thinks about me. He knows my life. I know his life. And, you know, it really helps you, you know, develop that relationship and, and makes it easier to coach kids. What are some of the things that you can you do on a personal side to get better as a coach? Like, are there – um, do football coaches go to like, do there are there clinics out there? Like, what do you guys do for hoops? Like what things are you doing to continue to kind of sharpen your, your coaching skills? Yeah. So for both sports, football and basketball, there's clinics. So there'll be clinics where, you know, college coaches come and talk to you or uh, maybe like state championship coach talk, or, you know, if there's a coach that's had long success in high school, they'll come and talk coaches, high school coaches from out of state will come and talk. Um, so, you know, it's kind of just you'll have like a little a little camp or a little, you know, clinic where they talk. You know, you learn a lot in those. You learn a lot, you know, just through the age of like, you know, the Internet, right? Like you have, 
you know, the Twitter spaces on Twitter, you know, coaches will go on there and kind of have clinics, Zoom clinics. Um, so it's just like, you know, there's a million and one ways to get better at your craft. It's just about, you know, how you want to go about it. Um, the other thing you, you mentioned about with like the clinics and all that type of stuff, uh, what does your off season look like? Like now you're not coaching. So what does EJ do to fill this time up that he's not coaching? Uh, EJ is getting his doctorate. So I've gotten my master's. So I'm personally getting my doctorate right now. And that takes up a ton of time. So right now in the off season, um, you know, I, I'm trying to focus on that make sure I'm, I'm keeping that squared away. And what will you be getting the doctorate in? Educational leadership. Well, which completely makes sense to like the coaching side and the teaching. Mm-hmm. Are there leadership uh, like roles that you play, you, you fill at school as well, beyond just the regular classroom? Like how do you, how so? How do you mean by that? Like, are there, do you, are you like a department head? Or are you like leading anything else outside of the classroom? No, I'm not a department head or anything. Usually, okay, for us and for like, you know, most teaching squares, um, it usually goes to like who's been there the longest, right? So it's like, you know, what teacher's been there the longest. I mean, that's not always the case, but I would say 90% of the case, it's like usually whoever's been there, the, the teacher head, um, you know, take on like, you know, unorganized, un, you know, titled leadership roles. But, you know, as far as like somebody giving me a title, I don't have any. Is, is the experiences that you have, this is really cool that think that you're coaching you're, that's a really, really high level in terms of education. Um, how cool is that for when, especially talking with like there's high school coaches coming in front of town or college coaches, being able to share like your experience of going to junior college and playing and doing all that to impact like the players. Do you have conversations with the players about what it takes to make that next step to the next level? Um, and not only the importance of like get crushing it on the football field, but also in the classroom. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, we preach that a ton because it's like, you know, kids, you're lying when you sit here and you tell them like, hey, you have to have a good GPA to go to college. Like, you know, they kind of do the whole like, whatever, if I'm good, I can go play. And it's like, no, you cannot. Like, that is not the truth. I mean, you can some places, you know, you know, some JUCOs, you know, kind of, you know, lower their standards as far as like kids that can get in. But it's like JUCO football and JUCO basketball are both like you want to watch some of the best athletes, you know, walking around this earth, go to a junior college football game or a junior college basketball game. I mean, they're absolute studs because there's a lot of division one guys who just didn't take care of their business in their classroom or, you know, guys who literally were division one guys playing in a division one, you know, school who just didn't take care of their business at that school. And so I had to go to the JUCO in order to get to another division one. So it's like, you know, if you want to make your job and your route the hardest possible, don't do good in class and and it'll be an absolute struggle for you. But if you want to have a good route, you know, you preach, you know, the GPA and things like that. And I like that I'm getting my doctorate right now because it's like I can preach that to the kids. Like, you know, I will do I'll speak to the kids and I'll be like, you know, raise your hand if you think, you know, likes homework and none of them raise a hand. You're like, you're right. I don't. But like I have to do it in order to get what I need to get. And it's like, do the same thing. Like we're in the same boat. Like we're both trying to do the same thing. Y'all are trying to play football. You know, I'm trying to get a degree, but in sense, like you got to get a degree to play football. So it's like, 
or basketball. So it's like, you know, you talk to them all the time and, and that's a real big kicker. And that's why I kind of like to throw at them right now. As long as I'm getting my doctorate, it's like, I have to do homework just like you guys. And they always get a kick out of that. Is what was the impetus to go after the doctorate? Is that something that was just like, as you started going through and you got your bachelor's and you got your master's, was that just something that was out there? You're like, man, I would love to achieve it. Cause you sound like uh, we talked about discipline and stuff earlier, a little bit with you. You seem very kind of like I take a challenge and I just, I get focused on it and I crush stuff. So I, I wouldn't say I was always competitive. Um, you know, growing up, you know, I, I grew up around a ton of family members, ton of cousins, ton of brothers. And, you know, I was never the most competitive out of all of us, but I definitely think like, you know, once I got into coaching, I really developed that competitive nature just because it's like, you know, you kind of want to, as a young coach, you want to prove yourself. You want to prove that, you know, you belong in this profession and that you can do these things. And um, so I would definitely say like, once I got coached, once I got into coaching and started really, you know, diving into it, it's kind of when I started to develop my like competitive nature. You mentioned your wife, how, how impactful and helpful and supportive has she been with you in your coaching? Oh, a, a coach's wife is literally like, a, you know, a blessing from God. Cause it's like these, you know, she has to listen to me, you know, come home and complain about whatever happened in practice or, you know, complain about, you know, whatever happened at school and have to hear me talk about this kid that she doesn't even know, you know, how I got home late because I had to give, you know, these three kids a ride home or, you know, I didn't get home till midnight because we had a game. You know, maybe she had, you know, we had a basketball tournament. She hadn't seen me in three days because we've been at this tournament all weekend. So it's like, you know, coaches' wives are a blessing and, you know, they deserve all the praise in the world because they have to put up with a lot because it's like, you know, you're develop you're, you're putting all your time into other people's kids. And, and I don't have kids, but it's like you're putting a lot of time into other people's kids and other people's lives that sometimes you forget to put into yours and, you know, your relationship. So, you know, she reminds me at times, but also she's a saint. She does everything for me. So she's awesome. The other thing I kind of hear with this is between coaching, teaching, and then getting your doctorate and then having your wife, it, how important is balance for you? Oh, it's super important. And, and like you said, it goes kind of back to, you know, just, you know, being precise and being on top of the ball where it's like, you really have to focus on like blocking your time schedule. Right. So it's like, you know, when I wake up in the morning, you know, I kind of have an idea of like how my day is going to go based on the things I have to do. And, you know, sometimes you have to set a time limit, like, Hey, today after practice at this time, you know, we know what time's practice is going to end. You know, I can't chat in the locker room with the guys or, chatting the coach's office with the coaches for two hours. Like, you know, I need to, you know, make an emphasis on going home. So you just have to be really disciplined in your time and make sure that like you, you, you have a good balance of like, you know, I need to do my homework for my doctorate on, you know, you know, Mondays, you know, Saturdays and, and Thursday, you know, get the assignments done and then you'll know, leave the other nights, you know, for date nights or things like that. So you just have to be really precise with your time and then, be really like meaningful when you wake up and you know get things done you know do them on time has Oklahoma been like your stomping grounds for your entire life or were you in other areas no I've been in Oklahoma all my life born and raised yes um as you were growing up I always want to ask this question uh was did you always want to be a Sooner Yes, yes. Everybody wants to, you know, there's, you know, there are some OSU fans out there and, you know, I, you know, 
I mean, I might be kind of headed that way, but I, you know, I try to be unbiased because, you know, we have a couple kids that play football for Oklahoma State and we have a kid that plays football for Oklahoma. So, you know, I'm trying to be unbiased on which side I pick, but obviously growing up, everybody wants to be a center. Um, what is, I don't like for people that don't really understand what does, like, what is Oklahoma's like football? What is that, that energy and passion and craziness? What's it like? Oh, it's, it's, it's different. You know, like I've been to some other States and watch football games and, you know, people will be like, this is a big game. And, and you kind of look in the sand and you're like, there's only like 200 people, <laughs> a big game. you know, in Oklahoma, it's like, you know, when it's a big game, you know, there's thousands of people there. You know, there's people yelling at you. Student sections get crazy because it's all about football. You know, the game, you know, Fridays during school is completely nuts because, you know, kids are like, you know, juiced up for the game. They're wearing jerseys. They're wearing whatever T-shirts they make. You know, they're dressed up as whatever the theme for the student section is going to be. You know, everybody and their moms talking about the game. You go to the convenience store to get a drink and you know, it's good luck, coach. Good luck, coach. Good luck, coach. Like, I have no idea who y'all are, but thank you so much. Like, it's just a different passion here. People get really into it. You know, and I was, I grew up in a small town that uh, I graduated with 39 people in my senior class. So a really small town of like maybe 1200 people. And, but Friday nights, like the town shuts down. Like you want to rob the town, rob it on a Friday night. Because <laughs> everybody that day. <laughs> 39. So what 30 you had a football team, I'm guessing. So how does that mean that all 39 guys were playing or what? I mean, yeah, football team would be made of about 30 guys. And it's like, you know, if you, if you were one of the starters, you played offense, you played defense and you played special teams. Like you didn't come off the field. Has, have you seen what, with that experience of being in, in such a close knit group that like it's us 30 and we're going to war, we're going to have to go both sides. And then now at the school you're at now, which I'm assuming is a little bit bigger. Yeah, 6A. So it's like, right. you know, there's like, you know, four or 500 kids in a graduating class. So what, what does that look like? What's that been like for you to kind of see like what it was as small and now it's bigger? Like, do you like one better than the other? Or there's, I guess there's pros and cons. You don't want guys playing both ways all the time. Yeah. So in the, in, in the football realm, you're right. Like football is really tough, you know, uh, in a small school, but, you know, coming there's always this big debate. That's so why I'm smiling so hard because I can hear all my, you know, 6A, 5A, 4A coaches chirping in my ear right now. Like, you know, that 2A, Class A football, that's just a bunch of junk. But, you know, I, I played there, so it always had a special place in my heart. But it's like, you know, those, those small-town guys are dogs because it's like they don't come off the field where it's like sometimes these big school kids get to be a little bit, you know, more a little bit more soft because they get to just play one side of the ball, you know, but it's like those small, small school kids, you know, they're dogs. Like they don't come off the field. There is no, you know, I have a cramp. I need to sit out a series. It's like, no, you, you better get in there because there's nobody else on this sideline to come in for you. But as far as the school wise, you know, I enjoy a larger school a little bit more just because, you know, kids, you know, at at a smaller school, you know, it might be tougher for some kids to make friends or so because there's only, you know, a certain amount of people. It's like you got to find somebody. Whereas it is a big school, it's like everybody can find a friend. Everybody can find a group that they can hang out with. Everybody can get into, you know, some club or organization that they can become a part of. So small or big, big school, you know, school wise, I like. But, the you know, the small school sports, I love those guys because they're just tough and nitty gritty. 
you mentioned about some of your uh, players moving on to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and all that stuff. Where do you see, like, is maybe moving on to college and coaching at the college level, is that something that you look at? Like, what what does the future five, ten years down the road for you possibly look like? Or are you just kind of like, I'm just going to enjoy it, focus on my doctorate, crush the teaching, and then kind of see where things go? Yeah, I, you know, as far as, like, co- you know, coaching college football, you know, I – you know, I'll never say never to anything because it's like, you know, I'll always give every, every, leave every door open and always give an opportunity to everything. But, you know, I enjoy what I'm doing right now. So kind of like you said, I'm just, as far as the coaching realm goes, I'm just living it up, right? I mean, I have a great group of guys in football. Our basketball team this year was a great group of young guys. You know, we had, you know, four or five seniors. So we were predominantly, you know, uh, you know, underclassmen. And so, like, right now, I'm just – I feel like I'm in a really good spot as far as coaching goes. And, you know, it's like I'm just kind of enjoying the ride. And then, you know, wherever it takes me in the next couple of years is where it takes me. How how important is it when you make those future decisions is getting the input from your wife? Oh, extremely important. You know, it's, you know, what is it? what's the old saying? Happy wife, happy life. So, it's like <laughs> you, always run, you always got to run it by her first. I'm like, hey – you know, how do you feel about making it? Just like when I was coming out to Choctaw, like, you know, how do you feel about making this decision? And it's always great to bounce it off her because it's like she gives me a perspective outside of, you know, sports or outside of the football, basketball realm. She's like, well, have you ever thought about this, about the school? Or have you ever thought about it? Like, no, I didn't. I was just thinking about, like, you know, how's practice going to go? How's games going to go? What's our schedule look like and things like that? So you always have to ask her and, at the end of the day, I know if there was an opportunity that I just absolutely loved and wanted to do, she'd be down. At the same time, it's like, you know, this is a group decision. It can't just all be me. You mentioned earlier, too, like learning uh, things from Twitter and Zoom and technology. How important is social media for you as a coach, especially with teenagers? How do you use that to, as a positive um, with your team to kind of continue to grow and build relationships, et cetera? Oh, I, I mean, I use it as a as a huge tool because it's like, you know, not only, you know, do you build relationships off of it, you know, sending funny memes, you know, tagging kids in this and that, that, you know, I know they think this is funny or, you know, if, you know, I got a, a kid who's a huge Seattle Seahawks fan. So when Russell Wilson left, you, you tag him and all that and he counted that he got you the next day because you're tagging him all this Russell Wilson stuff. So it's really good to make, you know, relationships off that. But then also at the same time, like social media nowadays in the age of, of recruiting is huge. So, you know, if you want to get, in my opinion, you know, I, you know, if you want to get a kid looked at as far as like basketball or football, like Twitter and, and that, that is the place to go. Cause it's like college coaches on there. They're looking, it's easy to DM uh, the coach. Like this kid, here's his huddle you know check him out and it's really easy for them to get back at you um so like you you kind of use it both ways as far as like a tool of building relationships but also a tool of you know getting kids out there in front of coaches that you know some coaches might not be able to see if it wasn't for social media what does your your mindset look like when you transition from football to basketball you talked about it's kind of a different kind of intensity um, and what have you, you know, you go from 11, like 22 on the field to 10 on a court 
Um, how does your, your demeanor and how you handle players, is it different from football to basketball? Do you see yourself kind of like maybe slowing down your processing with one or the other, or what's, what's, what does the EJ look like maybe on the football practice and sideline versus basketball? Yeah. If you, if you ask the kids, it's two different coaches, right? So it's like football, you're out there, you know, it's a little bit more intense, you know, maybe a little bit more rah-rah in your face. Whereas basketball, it's still like that. But at the, at the same time, you know, basketball is a very, a, a very more high-paced game. So it's like there is no time to, in my opinion, you know, a lot of coaches get caught up in, you know, the negatives, which obviously negatives should be brought out to kids when they mess up. But, you know, basketball is such a high-paced sport where it's like, you know, a kid messes up. Like we don't have any time to pout or be mad about it because, you know, you got to go back and play defense right now. We're on the football field, you know, I coach defensive line where it's like if a kid messes up, you know, I could pull him out the game or the series is over. And, you know, I have a whole offensive series to talk to him, tell him what he did wrong. There's a lot more, you know, in-game coaching in football, whereas pros to basketball is, is like, you know, I might be able to pull that kid out for a minute or two minutes, but it's like I still have to coach the, I still have to coach the kids on the court. I still have to watch this. I still have to do all this. So coach or kids kind of coach themselves a little bit more in basketball than they do football, but also like as far as the demeanor goes, you know, I'm, I'm not as intense as it, I am in basketball as I am football, just because, you know, you know, I, I don't really want, you know, the old cliche, you know, a kid will turn the ball over and the coach will stomp and clap at him and tell him not to turn the ball over. And it's like, well, coach, I, I think he knows he should turn the ball over. Like, you know, I don't think we need to yell at him for that. So I try to be a little bit more, uh, have a little bit more, you know, positive outlook in basketball where it's like, you know, kids know when they mess up. Like these, these, these young, young men are smart. They understand basketball um, way, basketball and football, way more than I did when I was in high school. You know, these kids are getting, you know, way more developed now at a younger age than, you know, ever before. So basketball is a little bit more, you know, if you see a kid getting frustrated, you know, you pull them out the game kind of uplift their spirits, you know, they know they're a good player, you know, they're a good player, you, you know, and you kind of, you know, just give them that, that break they need probably because, you know, the game's just going, 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 and there's not a lot of time to process things. But uh, I, I would say I'm two very different coaches when it comes to football and basketball. I think that's really cool for them to see that plus how you are in the classroom and the hallways and all that. So it's, it makes you seem like more of a person versus like, Oh, he's always like this. And because you kind of, like you said, it loses an effect. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask is what's it been like to be like an assistant coach on a staff um, versus being the, the head guy? What's it like to kind of be following the head of the leadership of someone else? Um, as far as me is like, you know, I, I, I really enjoy it just because I know, you know, right now I'm under coach Cor Jake Corbin in football and, Coach Jermaine Simpson in basketball and like being an assistant coach to me is one of the greatest things ever because it's like I don't have to deal with, you know, if a, if a parent gets upset, the emails, the phone calls, you know, the booster club, the you know, getting this ready, making sure this is ready, you know, all kind of the little tedious things that you have to do outside of the sport where, you know, as assistant coach, like I get to just dive into the sport and enjoy it. Um so for me being, you know, an assistant coach, I really like it in that aspect. Also, I like it because it's like I, right now I work for two guys that, you know, I love their methods and love what they do. And, you know, 
I, you know, I agree with everything that they talk about and coach. So, you know, I get to just re, you know, re, you know, push what they've talked about and what they're trying to install in these young men. And so, you know, I get to just kind of, you know, add my little twang to it. But, um, you know, I, I work for two guys that, you know, we all have the same, you know, kind of mantra as far as like what we're trying to do, you know, not only on the court, but help these young men do off the court. You mentioned that the players are really smart and understand the game better, you think, now. What what has caused that? Like, you know, I'm sure there may be – I think I feel like we're as good athletes as we were back then, but they're a little – like what things do you think have improved from back in the day when you were playing with a 39 <laughs> graduating class to now this bigger? Like what has occurred in the last 15, 20 years that you think has caused this kind of improved – uh, like understanding of the game? You know, I, I really don't know. Maybe it's just like, you know, the game itself is, you know, and more so basketball than it is football. Because football, you know, I could take, you know, a couple of great athletes and, you know, football's kind of always been football. I mean, there are some, you know, guys that are bigger, faster, stronger, but at the high school level, like it's, you know, I mean, it's maybe a little bit more skillful, but not as much. Kids do understand like, schematically more now in football than than I would say before but basketball is like a whole nother nature like you know I remember when I was growing up you'd go to an AAU tournament and you know you're in third second third fourth grade you know a kid was really good if he could dribble with both hands make a layup and occasionally make a jump shot nowadays you go to a second third fourth grade AAU basketball game and like kids are hitting you know step back three-pointers you know, they're, you know, doing euros with the left hand. And you're like, how is this possible? This kid is like seven years old. Like what's going on here? Like, it's just a different nature. And I don't know if it's just cause like, you know, they grow up watching, you know, the Steph Curry's, the, the James Harden's, the kind of like just really skillful players. And now like, you know, I guess like, I don't know, like kids can just do more. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Like, if you go to like a, a, a high profile, high end AAU third grade basketball game, you're, you'll be amazed. You'll be like, I mean, these kids are driven like they're professional athletes. And you're like, how is this possible? Like these kids are just completely amazing. And you're like, I mean, I don't know if like maybe just, you know, I wouldn't say parents spend more time with them, but like maybe they just entrust in them. Like, you know, you can do more than maybe like, maybe what our parents thought a third grader could do, right? Maybe our parents thought like, hey, if my kid can dribble with both hands and make a right-hand layup and jump shot, like he's really good. Where now it's like, if my kid can make a step step back three or, you know, step back, hezzy, go to the goal and finish with his left, like he's good. And it's like, these kids would have lit me up when I was in third grade. <laughs> How important is is the – the youth programs and such for your, the high school program. Is there kind of a set little peewee group that comes up for both football and um, basketball? How, how important are those like middle school ages and even younger that like you just mentioned, like that skill level is clearly getting higher. How can you at the high school level, what kind of things do you guys put in place to kind of take advantage and keep building it? So when they get to you, they're, they're crushing it. So for football, you know, you have a little um, peewee football group that's ran, you know, by, um, you know, an organization. And so that really helps you out because, you know, you can kind of, and, and I think that may be a reason why like kids are schematically smarter now at football than before, because as the high school coaches, 
can go and implement our offense and implement our defense. And it's like, even if that kid goes to another school, like, you know, the scheme, a scheme's a scheme, you know, most coaches, they might put their own little, you know, tweaks in it, but like, you know, if, you know, whatever you run, like the kids kind of understand, like, oh, this is similar to what I've learned growing um, Basketball, though, that's a, that's a beast. There is like a little peewee group basketball, but basketball AAU has just gotten so huge that it's impossible to like keep all those kids together and letting them play all together. You know, you have so many AAU teams and like, you know, here in Oklahoma, we have like, you know, the professional athletes have their own AAU team and these kids would go play for those guys. And so like in basketball, it's almost impossible to do because there's so many AAU teams, so many different levels of that, you know, so it's like, it's pretty hard to do in basketball, but with football, we do have like a little peewee program that, that really helps us out. Is sports in Oklahoma, I'm assuming, a big deal? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Sports runs everything down here. What, what do you think that brings that about? Is it because, like, is it because, quote-unquote, there's nothing else to do? Uh, probably so. Like, <laughs> yes, it's because it's like, you know, as a kid, there's, I mean, what else, like, there's nothing else to do, like, you know, so probably yes, majority where there's nothing else to do. But I also think that like, you know, kind of gets kids away. I mean, especially like, you know, coming from a small school, you know, uh, you know, a lot of I grew up with a lot of farmers, right? And so it kind of got the kids away from like farming or doing things like that, where it was like they can have another, you know, hobby to do outside of their job. I I think that's a little bit of it too, where it's like, you know it's something else for the, for young adults to do other than, you know, maybe your typical thing. But I think a lot of it is, is like, there's nothing else for you to do. So how about you get into a sport, you know, and then you just, you know, equal that with the passion people have down here for, you know, being good at things. And then that kind of drives the whole basketball, football, you know, sports frenzy. Is, is the personal training type idea that you started off with, is that still there? Is there still an itch to get into, um, like you've talked about working out with guys and being there for spotter and more support. Um, is there part of you that would like to get more into like, um, kind of like, here's how we'll set up a workout program. We're going to, I'll be on top of that and I'll help you with your like nutrition and stuff. Is that something that kind of interests you still? Um, you know, no, not really just because like, man, I, you know, nowadays that's such a tough business because it's like, you know, you can be really good and, you know, and you know what you're doing and you are on top of your game. You know, you keep up with, you know, the science and you keep up with everything. But it's like, you know, you don't have a good social media game that kind of all goes out the window because like people are going to believe, you know, whoever has the biggest social media account. So it's like, you know, you get on like Instagram and TikTok and things like that. And you see like, you know, all these like, you know, fitness influencers talk about like, their diet or they're, they're working out. And it's like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Like, yeah, sure. He has a great physique, but like, you know, if you're just Joe Blow trying to do what he's doing, like, it's not going to work out very well, but like, you can't tell people that because they're like, well, he has 3 million followers and he looks really great, but it's like, but that's not how you do it. So like that game's so hard to get into that. Like I really have no aspirations to trying. I think it's really cool how you, when you went into, that was kind of the direction you were wanting to go. And then it kind of got brought to this education side and then coaching. 
um, and how like it, it's just cool. Kind of kind of matured in a way into what you where you're at now. How big of an influence was that person back in the day who kind of said, "Hey, if you want to get into coaching, maybe education is the way to go." Like that was that weird fork in the road that sent you this direction, and now you're crushing it, getting your doctorate, coaching you know on two levels of sports. Um, how big was that kind of weird conversation just that came out of nowhere and got you to this point? Oh, it's life changing. You know, it's funny is like it was just a random like academic advisor. Like it was nobody like important to me and you know like maybe a little bit of laziness on my part because they were like you know your schedule like you know the classes you have really fits like you know the educational you know side where you can you know you be a little bit more ahead if you do this route instead of like a kinesiology route and so maybe a little laziness but you know also like you know a little bit of luck of that person just being like hey this is you know sounds really great sounds like you know, you want to coach, you love sports, like don't get out of it. Um, but, you know, every, I mean, I'm not going to say every, but a lot of coaches are like, I don't want to coach, but I don't want to teach. You know, I just, I just want to be a part of the football, basketball, whatever world where it was like, you know, I kind of had that same method. But once I got into those classes and, you know, started getting into classrooms and like teaching kids and helping kids, I was like, you know, there's nothing I'd rather ever do. Like, this is, this is awesome. I don't ever wake up and go to work, right? I wake up every day happy with what I'm doing and I can't wait to see the kids and have fun and, you know, teach them and teach them life lessons. But at the same time, it's always just, you know, I love building those relationships. When, when you want to take a break from everything is, is, is your like sanctum, like your place you go to, is it the gym? Or do you like to go, do you take vacations? Like what are, what as a coach, when you're just like, dude, I just don't want to think about my doctorate. I don't want to think about teaching. I don't want to think about, I just want to get away from things. What's that look like? Is it just going and crushing like some workouts, going for a hike, run? What is it? Um, You know, I guess like, you know, I tell my wife all the time, like going to the, you know, the weight room every day and lifting early is like, helps me keep my sanity. It helps me like, you know, just be like, all right, I got an hour and a half to not think about anything, um, you know, and I can just focus on this and, you know, you, you know, release, you know, all them, in, you know, hormones and, you know, you feel good and you're happy and, you know, you, you, your day starts a little bit better. So as far as like daily way to kind of get out of things, I would say working out, but if it's like, you know, hey, like, I, I, you know, we have a week off, we have two weeks off, you know, usually 99% of my the time me and my wife will go on vacation somewhere and we're not like huge like I love the beach I love this I love that it's like we're just like I love getting away where it's like let's go somewhere we've never been like friends where we're going to Alaska like we're not hikers we're not like anything special but it was like hey Alaska sounds cool like we can see some whales and some orcas and we'll just like go and see what it's about. So it's like vacation as far as like long-term getting away. Like that's what we do. Is I'm assuming what does the gym environment look like at 4 30 AM in the morning? <laughs> it's uh, usually like me and like, you know, there every once in a while you get some younger people in there, but usually it's an older crowd, you know, some, some older crowd that are, that are trying to go to work. So it's like, there's very few people in there in the first place. 
And it's usually the same people every single day. You know, there's hardly ever new faces. And like, if somebody's missing, we're all like looking around like, <laughs> Hey, where, you know, Johnny today, like he's usually here every day like us. And, you know, so something of that nature, but that's how it usually looks. Is, is that one of the pluses of going in the morning? One, it gets a great way to start the day. You crush a workout, but also there's no, even when you're there, there's minimal distractions. Like you probably just put the headphones in and you just freaking crush the weights and get after it where there's no, there's nobody to have to conversate with and all that, where you've talked about the rest of your day is very much kind of regimented. Like I don't have time to sit here in the coach's office for another half hour. Cause I have X, Y, and Z I need to get done in terms of my doctorate or getting home to my wife or getting a kid home from practice. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, that's like another big reason I go is because like, you know, you try to go, you know, during your playing period or your lunch at school and there's like 5 million people in there and, you know, um, you get into this age where everybody has to record themselves doing their certain workout and you're like, like move around cameras and it's like, this is a mess guys. And then, you know, the after work crowd is like there's five million people in here and this dude's taking up three machines for whatever reason he's doing that so it's like that early workout it's like i can get in get what i need done there's no distractions like you said nobody's trying to chit chat at 4 30 a.m right so it's like that's always a good thing and that's another reason probably why i keep sticking with it so i mentioned earlier uh about maybe going to the college ranks um is there a part of you that would like to like run your own basketball program or your own football program at some point? Oh, absolutely. You know, being like a head coach as far as basketball or football goes, um, you know, you know, you have aspirations, you know, I don't, I don't have any, anytime soon. So if coach Corbin's watching this, you get like, you know, start, you know, blood pressure rising, but, you know, maybe eventually, but, you know, I have also thought about like getting into like the summer league, like AU ranks as a basketball coach. And I don't even mean like on the high end level of like, you know, some of like the national stuff, but even if I could just get like a little like mid tier, lower tier group together, coach those guys. Cause like, you know, those guys kind of get left out and, you know, is everybody wants to play for like the Trey Young basketball team or, you know, the Buddy Hill, Buddy Buckets team or, you know, those teams. And it's like, you know, those kind of like mid-tier, lower-tier kids kind of get to the wayside. And it's like also those kids are, are still great kids and they're still like great basketball players. So it's like, you, you know, you get into the profession because you, like, you want to help and develop kids. Like, you know, anybody can – or I won't say anybody, but a lot of people can coach, you know, the kid that can, you know, 360 dunk and, you know, shoots 30% from the three-point line. Like, yeah, everybody wants five of those kids, but, like, you're not going to get those at high school. So it's like your job is to develop the kids that are, you know, kind of in the middle or in the lower tier, you know, get them, you know, to rise up and, and maybe, you know, perfect the skill craft that they don't have. And that's what really makes you feel good as a coach is when it's like, you know, you had a kid who, you know, not only you helped decided, you know, they wanted to put in the work, because it's up to them in the first place, you know, they decided they want to put in the work and, you know, you see them graduate and they're like, you know, coach, I really appreciate everything you've done for me. You know, you can tell they're just really grateful. So that's probably another reason why I want to get into like mid tier, you know, basketball AAU group. But right now with my doctor, it's like impossible to try to do. Is it sounds like you're really knowledgeable about AAU. Is that something like you did? Were you a part of AAU as a, as a kid? 
or is it just something that's kind of caught in your mind? Because it sounds like you said AAU is really kind of the way that people go in Oklahoma in terms of off season, like how you develop and get more um, experience. And you just like, just listen to you talk about the moves that they do. You're very knowledgeable about the stuff uh, in terms of the Euro step. Like, you know, when I played back in the nineties, there were no Euro steps. That wasn't even a thing. Uh, and now, like you said, there's, there's eight year olds doing it. Um, and then just, you just mentioned kind of coaching it. Is that, is that just kind of another one of those things that just kind of catches your fancy? Yeah, a little bit, just because, like, here in, here in Oklahoma and, and, and kind of everywhere now, basketball-wise, it's like that little summer league AAU, like, circuit is, like, is the way to go. It's, you know, you know no doc to us high school coaches because we put in a lot of work with those kids. And a lot of high school basketball coaches are AAU summer coaches, too. But it's like, you know, th- like, they go and they play. Kids the chance to go play, you know in other states, go see other skill levels, go see other kids, states, you know, and then it's like, at the same time, it's like, it just became such a big thing. Cause like, even when I was growing up, like there was AAU basketball, but there, it, it wasn't like it is now. It's just became so massive and so big. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of recruiting happens there. You know, my brother um, is a college basketball coach and, you know, like so much recruiting happens in the AAU level of like going to watch those kids in the summer and stuff, and, you know, that's kind of how, like, from everything I've heard, you know, as far as like a college, you know, recruiting a kid, especially if they're like kind of higher end division one or lower end division one, it kind of starts there in the AAU circuit. Like they'll see them and they'll, you know, follow them and see what they do. And then kind of the, the seal for the kid is like his high school basketball coach. So they'll come to some basketball games and, you know, it's kind of when they figure out, like, who the kid is rather than, like, how he is as a basketball player. They'll kind of figure out, like, you know, what's what's this kid like in the classroom? What's this kid like, you know, outside of basketball? Is he good with teammates? Is he good? Things like that. So that's kind of like the last seal of a kid getting recruited. But, like, a lot of that happens in the AAU circuit. And, you know, it just is what it is. It's just, a, like, a, a huge beast that happens. You just mentioned, I think, a brother that coaches at college. Mm-hmm. Do you do you two have conversations quite a bit about the the, the game of basketball, and do you try to pick his brain? Um, um, you know, as far as like you know, college and high school basketball, you know, I'm that he knows way more basketball than I do, so I'm not you know, you know, trying to. But we'll we'll talk basketball. We'll kind of like pick at each other here and there. I'll be like, hey, you know, this college kid I think is really good, and he'll be like, I don't know if that's like. <laughs> really that or you know things like that so we kind of nitpick at each other but like I don't mess with him too much because I know he knows way more basketball than I do now is he coach in Oklahoma as well no and I I have to look up where he's at right now because I know he just um he changed schools this year but I know his team did really well I'm pretty sure you know they made a deep run in in the playoffs um and for their division so I think he did very well this year what is it like for your for your parents to have um it sounds like at least two coaches um and like highly educated like how how proud and like how well, how do they out their outlook on how you've turned out um in being at this point yeah i mean they're, they're always super proud you know they come to games and things like that especially if it's a big game and you know they're super proud i mean i don't as far as like a dream that we would both be you know have masters and then me getting my doctorate probably not so 
they're they're super proud. They're super grateful of us. You know, we always get text messages all the time and things like that. So they they're always you know nothing but supportive and, and proud of us. If uh, if people want to connect with you and kind of follow the journey and, and learn more about your foot the football side of things or how in the world did you get up at four thirty and how make like maybe you're that one person that that you can kind of hold them accountable and what have you? What are some ways they can connect with you? So both my Twitter and my Instagram are at EJ Coach T. So at the letter E, the letter J, Coach T. Um, so those are some really good ways. And then you can kind of get me everywhere else from there on. You can find, you know, my school email. Um, you could, you know, just Google my school email. Um, I'm at Choctaw High School. So you can go there and go to the directory if you wanted to get my school email. But social media, I'm huge on it. So those would be the best two places. This has been awesome. I'll put all of that information in the show notes. I'm going to shut this thing down. This is Kieran with Coach's Corner Chats with EJ Tillinger, and I'm out. Peace.